This is the Wikipedia page for Icarus. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW. As a very special guest, we have today Tanner Campbell. Welcome, Tanner. Hey, I have no cool initials after my name. That's quite all right. You can make some up like I did. <laughs> ABC. There Tanner you go. Campbell, ABC. Tanner Campbell, ABC. Tanner, you're a big fan of mythology, so we're glad that you're here. Uh, tell us again the name of your podcast. It is called Retold Myths and Tales. Retold Myths and Tales, and you retell myths and tales. That's exactly what I, I believe I do. that's pretty and accurate. We, we sound design it and score it, and it's a, it's a pretty good little experience, I think, if I could toot my own horn. You have dulcet tones. Your voice is pretty cool in the podcast. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. I mean, thank you very much. Anyway, we just read myths and tales straight from Wikipedia. So <laughs> let's get started. And hopefully your expertise will come in handy for this. Icarus. For other uses, see Icarus. Disambiguation. In Greek mythology, Icarus, ancient Greek Icarus, pronounced Icarus was the son of the master craftsman Daedalus. Is it Daedalus or Daedalus? Daedalus. Daedalus. Master craftsman Daedalus. The creator of the labyrinth. Icarus and Daedalus attempt to escape from Crete by means of wings that Daedalus constructed from feathers and wax. Daedalus warns Icarus first of complacency and then of hubris instructing him to fly neither too low nor too high lest the sea's dampness clog his wings or the sun's heat melt them icarus ignores daedalus's instructions not to fly too close to the sun causing the wax in his wings to melt he tumbles out of the sky falls into the sea and drowns the myth gave rise to the idiom don't fly too close to the sun I keep thinking about the phrase dampness clog. <laughs> they don't Why? say that in the myth. <laughs> it's, well, just, it's just a weird phrase. There may not be a Greek analog for damp clogged wings. So that's probably not how it was originally worded. Yeah, perhaps not. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a synopsis at the top. Like, let's not, let's not be too hard on this article so far, okay? Okay. Name. In Latin, the name becomes Icarus, also the form that has been used most often in English. The Greek name is thought to have come from an earlier Wicarus. This would be reflected in Icarus's Etruscan name, Vickery. Don't you think that Wicarus would be a great hero for this podcast? Wicarus yes. of Wiki Listens? <laughs> Don't so get it too close to the top of Wikipedia. <laughs> The legend, Icarus's father, Daedalus, a very talented Athenian craftsman, built the labyrinth for King Minos of Crete near his palace of Gnosis to imprison the Minotaur, a half-man, half-bull monster born of his wife and the Cretan bull. Minos imprisoned Daedalus himself in the labyrinth because he gave Minos's daughter, Ariadne, a clue, or a ball of string, in order to help Theseus, the enemy of Minos, to survive the labyrinth and defeat the Minotaur. What? I thought that Minos imprisoned Daedalus because he didn't want anybody to know the secrets of the maze. That is not true. No, uh, so the story of Theseus is actually a really good story, but there is a point where he finds out that people from Athens are being uh -huh. sacrificed for a previous 
wrong committed by the king of Athens against the people of Crete. And so every year there are games that are held in Athens and they have to send, I think it's 12 people, over to Crete to be fed to the Minotaur. And Theseus, being young and not having any history of that brawl that happened or that sin that happened between those two cultures, he finds his father newly after a whole great story. And he says, you can't do this to my dad or my dad's people. This is terrible. And so he decides he's going to go over there and right that wrong by killing the Minotaur. And the king of Crete, Minos, says, well, I'll tell you what, if you can do it, great, your people will be free and the debt will be paid because you're going to die anyway. But then Ariadne falls in love with him and Daedalus winds up giving her a clue, a ball of string, so that he can find himself out of the labyrinth. So that's why he got locked up. You know who else likes balls of string? His cats. Cats. (laughs) Great point, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you. Daedalus fashioned two pairs of wings out of wax and feathers for himself and his son. Daedalus tried his wings first, but before trying to escape the island, he warned his son not to fly too close to the sun, nor too close to the sea, but to follow his path of flight. Daedalus, in his warning, said to Icarus, For the fogs about the earth may weigh you down, and the blaze from the sun are going to melt your feathers apart. Overcome by giddiness while flying, Icarus, who disobeyed his father, soared into the sky trying to quench his thirst. But he came too close to the sun, and without warning, the heat from the sun melted the wax holding his feathers together. One by one, Icarus's feathers fell like snowflakes. Icarus kept flapping his wings, but he had no feathers left and was only flapping his bare arms. Then he fell into the sea and drowned. Daedalus wept for his son and called the nearest land Icaria, an island southwest of Samos, in the memory of him. Today, the supposed site of his burial on the island bears his name, and the sea near Ikara, in which he drowned, is called the Ikarian Sea. You gotta wonder how upset he was about losing that son, because he had lost a son previous. In fact, one of the reasons he was exiled from his homeland is because he killed his son, Talus, or rather his cousin or nephew, Talus, because he was jealous that he was going to become a better craftsman than him. I don't think you have to worry about that with uh, Icarus, though, because Icarus seems like kind of a dope. (laughs) He gets the wings and he's like, (laughs) "Wee!" not paying attention to any of your rules. I mean, if your dad is a master inventor and tells you, like, this is how you use the invention, you should probably follow those instructions. You indeed should. Hellenistic writers gave humorizing variants in which the escape from Crete was actually by boat provided by Pasiphae, for which Daedalus invented the first sails to outstrip Minos's pursuing galleys, that Icarus fell overboard en route to Sicily and drowned, and that Heracles erected a tomb for him. I actually didn't know that he was the first one to invent sails. Did anybody know that? I did not know that. I assumed it was a human. Victor Vernado, KSN, did you know? Well, I don't know that he actually did. This is just another version that people think this is how it actually happened. See, it says that Eurymism 
is an approach to the interpretation of mythology in which mytho- mythological accounts are presumed to have originated from real historical events. So they're just saying, if it did happen, it was probably a boat and it was a sail and it just turned into wings in the story. That's what they're saying. So it's not uh, 100% true. Maybe. They're trying to take all the fun out of it is what you're saying. I'm sorry you guys don't want to learn vocabulary. Whatever. <laughs> Classical literature. Icarus's flight was often alluded to by Greek poets in passing and was told briefly in Pseudo-Apollodorus. Augustan writers who wrote about it in Latin include Hyginus, who tells in Fabula of the bovine love affair of Pasiphae, daughter of the sun, that resulted in the birth of the Minotaur, as well as Ovid, who tells the story of Icarus at some length in the Metamorphosis and refers to it elsewhere. Is Ovid the father of COVID? <laughs> you would not be happy to Boo. Uh, o- Ovid is, is, I believe, Rome's greatest poet. I think he's a Roman poet. Now, I want to know if Hyginus was the cleanest Latin author. <laughs> I, I do believe that there's some kind of connection between modern doctors and Hyginus, but I'm not sure exactly what it is. I'm definitely going to have to look that up. Medieval Renaissance and Modern Literature. Ovid's treatment of the Icarus myth and its connection with that of Phaethon influenced the mythological tradition in English literature as received and interpreted by major writers, including Chaucer, Marlowe, Shakespeare, Milton, and Joyce. Nice list. In Renaissance iconography, the significance of Icarus depends on context. In the Orient Fountain at Messina, he is one of many figures associated with water. But he is also shown on the bankruptcy court of the Amsterdam Town Hall, where he symbolizes high-flying ambition. The 16th century painting Landscape with the Fall of Icarus, traditionally but perhaps erroneously attributed to Peter Bruegel the Elder, was the inspiration for two of the 20th century's most notable ekphrastic English-language poems, Musée des Beaux-Arts by W.H. Auden and Landscape with the Fall of Icarus by William Carlos Williams. Other English-language poems referencing the Icarus myth are To a Friend Whose Work Has Come to Triumph by Anne Sexton, Icarus Again by Alan Devinish, Mrs. Icarus by Carol Ann Duffy, Failing and Flying by Jack Gilbert, It Should Have Been Winter by Nancy Chen Long, Icarus Burning and Icarus Redux by Hiromi Yoshida, and up Like Icarus by syllabic poet Mark Anthony Owen. The Norwegian Axel Jensen used Icarus as a metaphor for troubled modern young men in the 1957 novel Icarus, a young man in Sahara. I love that the bankruptcy court has Icarus as like their, their symbol. Imagine starting a business at failing miserably here in bankruptcy court, and that's what you're seeing, <laughs> like just to drive home the embarrassment. <laughs> Interpretation. Literary interpretation has found in the myth the structure and consequence of personal overambition. An Icarus-related study of the Daedalus myth was published by the French Hellenist Francois Franti du Houhou. I'm not going to be able to say that correctly, but we'll have a link to this <laughs> in the show notes. In psychology, there have been synthetic studies of the Icarus complex with respect to the alleged relationship between fascination for fire, enuresis, high ambition, and ascensionism yeah yes in the psychiatric mind features of disease were perceived in the shape of the pendulous emotional 
ecstatic, high, and depressive low bipolar disorder. Henry Murray, having proposed the term Icarus complex, apparently found symptoms, particularly in mania, where a person is fond of heights, fascinated by both fire and water, narcissistic, and observed with fantastical or far-fetched imaginary cognition. Seth Godin's 2012 The Icarus Deception points to the historical change in how Western culture both propagated and interpreted the Icarus myth, arguing that we tend to forget that Icarus was also warned not to fly too low because seawater would ruin the lift in his wings. Flying too low is even more dangerous than flying too high because it feels deceptively safe. I think that the correlation to bipolar disorder is actually really interesting. I wonder if it were like some sort of parable for that originally when it was made. Or if they were just, you know, maybe in a boat and it was sailing instead. <laughs> and he was the inventor. So finding <laughs> the balance between too high and too low. Yeah, I like that because I actually I used to date someone who had bipolar disorder. And it was a trial sometimes. And Icarus is a very accurate depiction. There are situations in Greek mythology and really any mythological pantheon where I feel like we don't give these early storytellers and explainers of things enough credit. But then sometimes I feel like maybe we give them too much in what they might have been trying to explain. Because you've got to understand that the medical understanding of anybody back in these times, I mean, to have been bipolar then, there's there would have been no attempt to explain it. There would have just probably been punishment, unfortunately. True. I, or maybe they were thought to be touched by demons or possessed. Totally. Yep. I'm sure that was part of it when someone was just like, hey, it's a crazy day, everybody. They're like, oh no, he's possessed. I I mean, I could be wrong, but maybe in some cultures, like they saw bipolar symptoms as a a positive thing. Yep, 100%. And those cultures are probably not liked by the mainstream cultures. You could see Rome having a big issue with that, for example. And they did. There's a lot of examples of that. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for being part of this today, Tanner. I want everybody to check out your podcast. Actually, you can talk about all your podcasts right now. This is a perfect time. Oh, great. So I've got Retold Myths and Tales, which I would love you to listen to. We publish very infrequently because it takes time to put those stories together, but there are plenty there that you can go listen to now. I also publish a daily podcast called Good Morning Podcaster. So if you yourself are a podcaster looking for tips and advice, things like that, subscribe to that. Again, it's daily, so fun to listen to. And I also have another podcast called Practical Stoicism, which you can find in the philosophy category of Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That one's fairly popular. I'm proud of it. And it is a, it's a weekly. It publishes every Saturday. So if you're into stoicism, it's a great entry point. I'd agree. Awesome. This has been the Wikipedia page for Icarus. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media at Wikilisten, except for Twitter, which is at wiki underscore listen. Don't forget to subscribe. If there's a particular Wikipedia page you want us to read, please let us know.